Leadheads. Welcome back to episode 124 of Talking Lead. I almost forgot which episode it was. Uh, we had uh, episode 123 last week. That was easy to remember because I had the guys from, uh, actually the guy, Danny, from Dipstick Coatings, and their website is Dip123. So that tied in really nice with uh, our episode number last week. You guys be sure to go check check out Dipstick Coatings at Dip123 and use the special 10% discount code LEADHEAD, and that's all one word, L-E-A-D-H-E-A-D, and you will get 10% off all your hydro dipping supplies, excluding the tanks. And a little bit later in the show, we're going to announce the winner of the hydro dipping kit that Danny's going to be giving away. And we'll also be announcing the previous week winner from the Casey Griggs uh, three-gun video that we did. We had some controversy on the number of shots that were fired, and we got an official ruling from Casey. So we'll be announcing that as well. This week, we've got a Talking Lead alum on the show, Matt Powell with Promic. Alumni, that, that makes me feel really old. <laughs> well, this is your this is your third appearance, right? Yeah, it sure is. Um, I guess I need a gown and a cap. Um, maybe I can throw it up into the air <laughs> afterwards. Um, there's move there's the castle very, to the left. Very few that have uh, you know made it to three. So you know that's that that's alumni status in in my book. <laughs> well, so you're you're an official alumni now. <laughs> I'm like I said. I'm I'm moving the tassel. Is it from the left to the right or the right to the left? I don't know, man. You're supposed to do something with your ring too, aren't you? Your graduation <laughs> ring. I, I never, I, I never know. got a graduation ring. My parents weren't going to pay for it. They weren't. No. <laughs> I felt like if I had been in band or something like that, I put probably could have gotten one. But I didn't play any sports really that got me. I had to give ring up. Status. I had to give up a spring break to get my ring. So. Ooh. Man, yeah. I, I, never, I, I never went on. I never went on spring break. Well, I did go on a modified spring break. Um, a buddy of mine was going to go pick up a car in Florida, and we were going to come back through Panama City. But when we got to Clearwater, it took the entire week to get the car. So we basically <laughs> sat in a Motel 8 and uh-huh. Mountain Dew because we couldn't find anybody with a fake ID in Clearwater. And then when we got back to Panama City, everybody was leaving. So, oh man, <laughs> yeah, high school that was spring a break. Trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah. So I gave up my spring break, got my ring. Um, you know, I, it's negotiating, man. You you got to look and see what you've got to to barter with. That's that's what life's <laughs> about. Yeah, life's a big barter, man. I get. I could have bartered with my my what was that thing an eighty three Nissan Sentra. It was so <laughs> old that I, I guess I could have bartered that I would actually take over the repairs on it. Um, it was so old that it had Datsun. It was a Datsun. Yeah, it was a Datsun something and a Nissan Sentra. So I didn't even both think names they have Datsun in Africa anymore. <laughs> That's how old that is. I'm telling you that that car is somewhere rolling around with ISIS, um, looking like a clown car in the Middle East <laughs> somewhere, or Boko Haram, or something like that. It's got a big 50 cal bolted on the back of it. <laughs> Hopefully they do because they won't be getting anywhere in that vehicle. 
<laughs> I don't know. Those, those dickheads are pretty ingenuitive. Well, you know, the Boko Haram people, I figure once they pull out of like the, you know, the wherever they're at and they pull onto the driveway, they're going to run into the same problem that I had, which is a wheel will fall off and then they're just going to be stuck. And then hopefully somebody airstrikes them. Who knows? They just use machetes in Boca, don't they? <laughs> They're going to need one to make that car work. I rag that thing out. Graduated into a Saturn. That machete had more metal on it than that car, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Old Dotson. Cool. So let's talk about what we did this week that involved maybe firearms or roughly related. Did you do anything cool uh, with firearms or um, gear or anything? I'm actually I I actually bought a 98 Land Cruiser. And Okay. As, yeah, so I had a 98 Forerunner and when you put two pit bulls and a girlfriend in that thing, it it just gets crowded real quick, so I bought a 98 Land Cruiser. And yeah, those things are big. Those are like big boxes. Oh yeah, man, it's a land tank, but I, it's it's incredible for off-roading and so I actually started building a case to put rifles in, in the back. So I'm going to have on the left side where I can, hopefully nobody that's going to steal it is listening. If you are, (laughs) um, it's never in there, but, um, the left side or the right side, um, I'll actually be able to store my AR collapsed and then put magazines and so forth in there so I can use it for the range or whatever it may be. So I was working on building that box and having to measure it out with with my AR and so forth. So, so you're you're going to build that yourself? Yeah, going to build it myself. Um, me and me and my saw, and hopefully be able to build it. I've got it about half built um, to be able to install in there. Cool. The iron's not going to help you with that. You know, last time Aaron and I <laughs> got together with a saw, it was it was before he had like. I think like his right arm still wasn't tattooed fully down to the forearm. And um, we were in one of the spare rooms in my house with a saw trying to take apart um, like the ring on this spikes tactical AR I had bought. And we were going to go ahead and put a free floating tube on it, but we couldn't get that ring off. And so instead of being like, well, you know, we can, we can work this, we can figure it out. He just broke out like a, like a recip saw and then a circular <laughs> saw and just start sawing this thing, like fly, flying everywhere. The dogs flee the room finally breaks off. And he was like, well, that's fixed. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there you go. I'm never going to use that again. Piece of, that was a piece of, that was my, my first AR that I really wanted to do something cool with. And he was like, yeah, free floating tube. And then we realized that maybe I should just buy a completely different AR, which I <laughs> immediately did. Which, which he gave you no choice after they broke the saw out, right? Yeah, exactly. I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, this is a parts. parts." There you go. What, yeah. did, what did you do with guns? I've worked on videos this week. Uh, the lead heads have noticed I've been posting some, uh, I got a new YouTube video posted where it was from, oh my gosh, what month was that? Like, July this year, I went to a machine gun shoot in Ohio, Asymmetric Technologies. Uh, it was freaking phenomenal because um, Brian, the owner of Asymmetrics, is really a birthday party for his brother. And he had got this company to come in called Tusker Arms, 
and these guys had every freaking machine gun you can think of in their in their arsenal. <laughs> they had they had a Browning a BAR, they had a Browning 1919, they had a RPK, they had um a saw. <laughs> they they had a Barrett 50 cal. They had of course I know, you know, that's not a machine gun, but it's still badassiness. They had M16, they had Uzis, they had MAC-10s, they had, um, oh God, what what else did they have? I mean, this sounds, this sounds like a rap video set. Are you sure you weren't actually <laughs> like the, the new Suge Knight get out of jail part? Yeah. If there had been some booty bouncers there, you know, I might have been thinking, you know, rap video, but uh, there were no, no booty bouncers there. It's an actual but, arsenal, as opposed to like California, where if you have two pistols, it's an arsenal. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, just just thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds of, of ammunition, uh, and to top it off, they do um, UAVs uh, asymmetrics. You know, and they had one of their UAVs out there, and they had a FLIR camera attached to it. Nice. So we were getting some footage uh, with the Flitter camera too. So I put together a little montage um, video of uh, everybody shooting some stuff, and um, I'd just been backed up and hadn't had time to get it. And uh, you know, as everybody knows, I just like three weeks ago finished my last shot show video. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, just stretching it out for the effect. Is this, the, is this the lead up to the next shot? Uh, well, you know, I probably could have stretched it out to that if I really wanted to, but you know, the whole fact of it is, you know, trying to get the data out when it's relevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that's just how far backed up I am, man. With with videos, I've still got. I think I mentioned this last show. Uh, you know, so I got the asymmetric footage finally done. So I'm done with that series. Um, there's, oh my God, what else did the Iraq vet shoot? I got a lot of footage from that. Um, the three gun competition, um, from, was that three months ago? Uh, the Brown L's three gun at, at rock castle. I've still got uh, video footage from that, that I've got to do. What editor uh, are you using? What video editor? I use uh movie maker. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, those videos look good. I mean, just movie maker. I'm oh, like thanks. rolling out with some Premiere, and your yours looks well, a whole lot better than mine. <laughs> I have I have Premiere. I just don't have time to learn how to use it. So yeah, it it, it does. I want to learn time. how to use it, but it's just like I've got to get caught up. So I've got to go to what I know, and that's you know Movie Maker at this point. God, last year was the first shot that I've missed in four or five years. Man, you didn't miss anything as far as the show goes. Uh, I mean, of course, seeing everybody's always a, a yeah. plus and a bonus, and I love that part of it. But there was nothing there, man, uh, other than asymmetric technologies had their artificial shoulder pocket. You know, that seemed to be one of the most innovative things that was there. Now, this year, I'm expecting a lot of reprieve from people, especially with Silencer Co. already announcing that uh Integrally, integrally suppressed nine millimeter gun that they've got the Maxim Nine, I think it is. Have oh, you seen that? I've, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm wondering what you know this year. I think they're from from what I hear from like Aaron and people like that. Um, 
there's supposed to be some cool stuff to be to to be shown. So I'm I'm gonna be I'll I'll be just walking around behind him. Being like I'm a martial art guy, I do some movement and stuff, you know, while he's wheeling and dealing. But I got a knife. Look, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I remember the the last time I was on um, when I was in studio, and uh, you know, the studio is is definitely changed. I mean, because last time it, it was like. It was like that scene out of 300 where that weird hunchback um, <laughs> went to Xerxes' castle and there's like one-eyed stripper and there's like, you know, a stripper with no legs. Yeah, there's, lines, there's lines of cocaine, drugs. <laughs> I've I've never all kinds seen, of alcohol. I've never seen I've never seen anything like it, and I'm I'm like holy cow! Like these guys really know how to do it upright, and you know it was That's so right. exotic. And now, like the most exotic thing in the studio is the giraffe print shotgun <laughs> next to the desk. Like, you saw it, did you? I'm wondering I'm wondering what happened to 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 my my Xerxes experience on talking well, lead. I know you're gonna I know you're gonna kick it up a little bit and get get the the one eyed oh, leg yeah. stripper back. Well I, you know I still have that studio. So when I have people in studio, that's where we go. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the lead quarters. Yeah, you know, this is lead quarters right. two. That's lead quarters one. Yep. Oh man. I I've 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 got my little my little hat. You know, my little triangle hat that I had to wear last time. <laughs> the, the hunchback hat? <laughs> yeah, you know. and With your, that, with that, your, like, your spiked collar and testicle chain. Oh, my, my assless chaps. And, and you kept, like, talking like Xerxes. <laughs> you had that, like, um, you know, the, the earring with the chain that went from your nose back to, to your nipples. ear. Like that chick that had the big song back in the 80s. You remember that? That girl back in the oh, 80s? Oh, yeah. Who was that? That wasn't oh. that wasn't Cindy Lauper, was it? No, but that was like the big thing. All of a sudden, every girl wanted to like have that. She had like a little bit of a mohawk, and she had that that nose chain back to her ear. And I was like, "Man, left hand, you were really oh. stepping it up." Was it the "I Want Candy" chick? Oh no, not I want candy. I can't remember who that who that who that was. I don't think it was her though. But I mean, after after I left wow, the studio. Wow. Bow Wow, I think is the name of that band, is who that was. After I left the studio and, you know, I went went on the run from the cops and my <laughs> cocaine raged like I was, <laughs> like, like I was that, like Rampage Jackson from the UFC and, and his gravedigger lookalike through the streets of LA, you know, I mean, it, it was definitely a fun in-studio. Rampage, well, you don't hear about him anymore, whatever happened to that dude? I know he was in the, the A team, and now I think he's just uh, oh, that he's, was he's definitely the C team, maybe the D team. It's like him and Chuck Liddell you just kind of disappeared. Remember that, that interview with Chuck Liddell where he was on, quote, cough syrup, unquote? And he was like on Regis and Kathy Lee, and he's like yes. barely awake. He was drunk off his beach. That'll be me in about thirty minutes. After another couple of glasses of wine, you're going to be like, yeah. Matt and I are <laughs> are enjoying a couple of adult beverages uh, just to bring back old times, <laughs> just like we're in studio. <laughs> Luckily, this one isn't infused with crack cocaine. But hey, you know. well, you know, you can't always get the best. <laughs> <laughs> so no, um, 
that's what I've been doing this week. Um, I'm actually, um, speaking of the three gun competition, that's where I'm headed tomorrow is Casey's in another competition up at rock castle, the Trigicon, I think they call it the Trigicon challenge. And, uh, it's kind of a little different three gun competition in that the shooters aren't going to be using their own guns. They're wow. They're Trigicon is supplying all the guns, all the ammo, so they just show up and they don't know what they're going to be shooting at each stage or what each stage is going to be. So uh, it's kind of like top shot. And I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what else is going on. Uh, today's Wednesday. Um, tomorrow is Thursday, the first day of the competition. I'm probably not going to get there until uh, tomorrow evening. Uh, but I know that Casey uh, is already scheduled for four stages and uh, he's, he's really excited about it. Something else that they do is they give you a mulligan at this thing. I thought you were about to say musket. Musket. <laughs> well, they might. They might be shooting a damn musket, too. Switch from your hatchet to your musket to your, your 1864 see, repeater. That's what I want to see in three-gun competitions. I want to see them put in a little element of bone arrow, <laughs> knife throwing. You know, that be like the ranger competition for, you know, the best ranger competition. They have the hatchet throwing uh-huh. and a number of different things. You know, now it'll be for three gun. I think so. I think that's that's like the next evolution of three gun is they're going to, you know, pop in the bow and arrow. <laughs> Compound bow. You know, They'll have to do the reload bow. while standing in like a colonial uniform. <laughs> or, you know, a Confederate uniform. They'll have to switch in the uniform, do the reload, fire the shot. No, well, I'm not um, saying I want to see it go to that extreme. But <laughs> I would like to see a little bow and arrow thrown in to some of these competitions. I think that would just really add a whole other element. You know, I, I recently cool. got LASIK. Um, I got LASIK, and so the day after LASIK, it's, it's an amazing procedure. We're talking about bow and arrow. So yeah. my girlfriend comes over, and I'm looking at my glasses, and she said, well, you know, what are you going to do with them? And I said, well, they wanted me to donate it to, you know, oh, drop drop your glasses in this jar for, like, people in South America. Oh, we'll, okay. Know. I guess. It's you. like, why would I do that when they'll be here in six months and I can hand them the glasses? I thought they were going to, like, let you autograph them and they were going to auction them off. And No, <laughs> no. Money for something. So, so I took them out back and I attached them to my target and I shot them with my <laughs> compound bow <laughs> um so that's that's you know speaking of bow and arrow i went out there and um, did you did it in for deer season did you do a video of that god no that's dude that would have been so awesome that'd be like you know oh, bye bye glasses i got lacing i had one on instagram where i put my phone i was up on my deck and i took a about a 40 yard shot and i had taken my phone and put it up on the target right above the bullseye and then <laughs> did you shoot it, your phone oh no, man i i literally hit right below it i'm good with a bow and hit right below it it was like the ultimate selfie um, oh yeah that was up on instagram for a while when when i enjoyed instagram i can't um, remember who it was i had somebody on the show not too long ago but they're like you know if you're so confident you know that you're a good shot take your freaking cell phone and put it right above your target and take videos of that you know, you know what's insane is that I would do that with my bow before I would do that with, <laughs> with my pistol, <laughs> especially at 30 yards. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll grab somebody feel, else's phone and do it. I'd feel really comfortable doing it with the uh, Kel-Tec Sub-2000. I, oh I got one of those new Gen 2s. Really? 
and it's it, man, I've got videos of it, and we're putting holes and holes and holes with that thing at fifty. Really, at thirty, and then we backed it up to fifty. Yeah, it's it's unbelievably accurate. I've wondered how good they are. I mean, it's a little folder. I mean, that's a perfect like perfect. Uh, that's bug perfect out for the camp. For the, for the truck. Land Cruiser, yeah, truck. It's a perfect truck gun, man. Yeah, that's a good truck gun, and, and, it, and it's that accurate. It's that it's that accurate, man. Right out of the box, I didn't have to do anything to it. I took it straight out of the cardboard box that it comes in, uh, slapped in the uh, Glock magazine that comes with it. Well, actually, I loaded the magazine first, but then I slapped <laughs> it in, and I did reload practice, and, and then I went and loaded up the magazine. And then, I, and then I, you know, I was just, I was shooting, and I was like, holy crap. You know, I was just like, I wanted to see, and I videoed the whole thing just right out of the box, my first shots, and I just I blew the center out of the the freaking target. And then my girlfriend, Pepper, shot it, and uh, bless her heart, when she, her first shots, all right, so it's got those U front, front sights, so you got a, yeah. a left and right and a center. She was looking through the little peephole, the rear peephole, and she was lining up one of the, one of the sides. As the as the main oh sight, goodness. but her shots were, I mean, just boom, boom, deadly accurate. But she was missing. The, I was like, "Where are you shooting, honey?" Just goes, a little I, outside. She said, "I'm aiming at the center." I said, "How are you shooting that far left when I was aiming at the center?" And I figured out she was using that freaking <laughs> left side of the front sight. But when we got her lined up, I mean, she was just boom, boom. She was blowing the center out of it too. You know, last time I was on, y'all, we were talking about dream guns. Yeah, and we had Mr. Um, Savoy on, and mm-hmm. I said, Jeremiah? You know, "Yeah, well, Jeremiah." Um, and I said, "My my dream gun was a Glock 19," and everybody laughed at me. And it's because at the time I didn't have one; I had a <laughs> so I finally got a Glock 19. But my next dream gun is the you know the Have you ever seen the Lage um, kit for the for the Mac 11? No, I haven't. Um, it, look it up. It's actually pretty cool. It's an upper for the Mac 11 and it, it turns, I don't know if you can turn a Mac 11 into, you know, anything that's accurate, but <laughs> it's supposed to make it a little more accurate, but it's a very sweet kit. I think it's called the Lage, L-A-G-E something. Um, if you Google enough times with Lage and Mac uh-huh. 10 or Mac 11, you'll end up finding it. And it's actually really impressive little kit, but that would be, my, so that I'm turns gonna, it into more of a longer barrel type. Yeah, longer barrel. Um, it's more you know you can you can well, that's actually what those those uh, a little stick, bit more on it. Those little stick kits that they make and the who else the CAA Tactical makes the Roni. Have you seen those that you can put your Glocks in? Does that do anything with the classification on it? Uh, if it as long as there's not a buttstock on it, it doesn't. Oh, okay. If you if it if you get the one with the buttstock on it, then yes, it would be an SBR at that point. Or you can strap it to your leg, and you can just hold it, hold your leg up. <laughs> yeah. Well, or you just put the buttstock on it, and you put a yeah. Uh, you just you, you know you've got a what are those called? A sling, sling. That's, yeah, and you know it's like people shoot the Uzis and things, but it turns into you know a nice little sub. Sub. I need to. I need to take a look how effective they are. I've when they first came out, I was just like dying to get them. I wanted to get them. Wanted to get them. Wanted to get them, and the CAA tactical put me on a waiting list and it was like two years <laughs> when they first came out. 
Yeah, it was something ridiculous. And you didn't. You didn't. I got over it. You didn't be like, dude, left hand talking lead. Yeah, you know, that was that was before I started the start of the show. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. It was before well, I got into all this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just you know, it's like my dad used to always tell me, he's like, you know, if if you want something bad enough, you know, you just got to have it. Wait another day and see how bad you want it then. Yeah. Very. I I had to do that. That philosophy the, the has has uh, boded me well throughout my life. <laughs> I mean, it probably doesn't show from the background as you're seeing all the crap I've got back here. But <laughs> well, I re- the I remember the last um, shot show. We were at. Oh, I can't remember who had the party, and we went to the party, and there's this Pakistani guy, Jag Paul, and he is in there and he had the Justin Bieber Adidas with the wings off of them. <laughs> and, um, I will actually post it up on, on our Facebook. You got to do that. Do um, that. I'll find a photo. Um, and they're like $2,000 for a pair. Holy crap. And he was wearing them. And what's up, Jack Paul. I know you listen. Um, and he was wearing them. And so everybody had to take a photo of them. And that was the type of thing where I he should have waited another day <laughs> to see Jag, how really bad he with those. If you still have those, Jag, post a pic to our Facebook or Instagram. Send it to us. We gotta I gotta see that you're still rocking those. All right. I'll I'll yeah, that that thing, um <laughs> Was that the party at the bar? <sighs> who who that, had that, that crazy was- bar? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was um, where the chicks were dancing in the cages, and no, there. That was a different one. Mm, yeah, we we had the horse head, and the girls were wearing the horse head. <laughs> no. There's James Yeager, like he's just standing down at the bar, and everybody's trying to talk to him, and he's just looking aggravated as he looks up, and there's a horse head, like, dancing around. And how can I get into that VIP area? I'm over here with all the... Yeah, that's that's what that's how we roll with the guy with the $2,000 pair of shoes. I want that party with the horse head. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. All right, so let's get into our Jack Wagon of the Week. Hey, Ralph, Semper do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so this just came out today. Uh, there was a, a road rage incident, and I don't know the specifics on it, but that just got me thinking, and I see this happen a lot, and, and it used to happen to me. I mean, I used to get angry when people would, you know, cut me off or, you know, do something stupid on the road. Uh, it used to aggravate me to no end, but you know, I came to the realization that you can't, you can't control what other people do. And when you're in a freaking two ton vehicle going, you know, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour down the interstate, it's not the time to lose your cool, uh, because a lot of things can go wrong. So this is evidence of that is there was an incident in, it looks like New Mexico, where uh, there was a road rage incident. I don't know the specifics on it yet. I'll look at the story here in just a minute. But Where in New Mexico? Um, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. 
No, that's fine. I'll go ahead and read the story. It says, a person of interest in a road rage shooting on a New Mexico interstate that killed a four-year-old girl. So a four-year-old girl lost her life over just, you know, something that somebody should have just let go. Of course, I wasn't there, and I don't know. Uh, this is always my disclaimer, Matt. Is, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know the specifics. So. <laughs> um, four-year-old girl, uh, let's see, killed a four-year-old girl, girl was taken into custody. This guy was taken into custody Wednesday afternoon. Albuquerque police said. So somewhere yeah. in Albuquerque. Police spokesman Tanner Tixer. Wow, what a name. Tanner Tixer. <laughs> told reporters it was too soon to say if authorities captured the man involved in the deadly shooting, but said the person taken into custody matched an earlier description given out by police. Tixer said the person of interest was found driving in a different vehicle than the one involved in the road raid incidents. He said that the vehicle may be in a garage and authorities need to obtain search warrants. We're going to take our time with this, uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's see if it gives details. Let's see. The killer was going west on Interstate 40 within city limits and pulled up alongside the car. Unidentified child was riding in an open fire around 3 p.m., shooting the child in the head. The child's heartbroken father told police it was a case of road rage. The dad explained there was some type of road rage incident, said police. The information released Wednesday afternoon of the suspect's age. Uh, Woman said, "Okay, the, a woman said she was on the road at the time of the incident. Uh, she saw a red truck driving erratically on I-40, and she believes saw the early stages of the tragic incident. We were actually behind the two vehicles that were in the middle of the road rage incident. Red truck, red sedan. Uh, this lady told the red truck was not allowed, allowing the red car to pass. See, that's another thing. I ran into this the other day too." Uh, I was on the interstate, and these two f***ing jack wagons were side-by-side side on the interstate, and neither one of them would adjust their speed to so that, so that people could go around them. And they were doing it intentionally because I tried to go around, and each one of them would keep adjusting the speed so they would stay side-by-side. Side. And we got up to like 80 miles an hour at one point on the interstate. It was one of those heavy traffic nights, too. And I just backed off and was like, screw this. You know, I'm not messing with these a-holes. And when I would slow down, they would slow down. So, I mean, there's really nothing I could do other than just pulling off on the side of the road, which I wasn't going to do. And it was one of those nasty rainy nights, too. It was on the way back from the Iraq vet shoot, as a matter of fact. You know, I've having lived in New Mexico, uh, Albuquerque is a rough place. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that's an extremely rough place. and it, it's a it's a meth capital. I, I tell you what, you can't go anywhere in Albuquerque. Doesn't matter what store, doesn't matter what mall, doesn't matter what shop, whatever it is, and not see somebody high on meth mm -hmm. trying to you know scan a red plum at the self checkout counter <laughs> and can't figure out why they can't use the scanner. I mean. It, it, Albuquerque, beautiful state, love the state. It's my second home, right. southern New Mexico. But Albuquerque is, you know, it's it's a rough spot, and it wouldn't it surprise be. me at all that somebody would, you know, decide to go ahead and. Well, it says they had another shooting um, last month. It says a man fired at another driver in self-defense. That was in September the ninth. It wounded a thirty-four year old uh, dude. 
Um, so I guess it's a common occurrence down there, but, uh, my point is, um, you know, don't let these jack wagons get you upset. Just let them go on about their business. Let them do whatever it is that's, you know, they're getting off on and, you know, they'll eventually get tired of it and go on. But now if your life's in danger, they're trying to run you off the road and they're, you know, they're flashing guns and, you know, you got to do something different. Definitely. But, uh, it's one of those things that it always amazes me when you think about people's inability to control their impulse. And, you know, I really think that, you know, the more people interact with, you know, the news media and social media and all these things, it's like we're, you know, going backwards in time that all these things tend to feel like Dr. Phil here, but, you know, they, yeah. they start to build up. And yeah. I don't think people understand that those things build up. And so, you know, when you listen to talk radio and the guys screaming and yelling and screaming and yelling, and then you look at the news and you get all mad about the news, about something's going on, you know, with DC or whatever it is. And these things just continue to build up. And then, you know, you throw meth into the equation and dude's just shooting out the window. Um, (laughs) That might be a stretch, but you know, the anger I think builds up and people, you know, forget how to count your old four year olds in the, in the head. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, that's, you gotta, you gotta take everything. Don't be reactive. Don't be so quick to react to everything. You know, like you're saying in the news media, when you hear these stories and you watch the news, you know, don't be so quick to knee jerk react and just get angry and upset over it. Cause that's what they want you to do, especially the media, because they're, they're, you know, they play on your emotions. Yeah. You know, they're looking to get a reaction out of the general public. So, you know, listen to what they say, take it with a grain of salt and then actually do a little more background research on it and, you know, see what the actual facts are. Definitely. Yeah. So welcome to the jack wagon train, uh, road rage people and people who cause road rage. How about that? They need to get jacked. Well, I think what they need to do is they probably need to sign up for one of your, your courses, one of your classes, because, you know, you're all about, you know, it's all about self-control, the control from within. You're a little more scientific about it. <laughs> you bring a Matt brings a whole scientific level to uh, self-defense, the hand-to-hand combat with his promic technique. Yeah, the I've I've been fortunate, you know, being at it for eighteen years now. Um, you know, I've taught all over the world, taught all over the U.S. You know, I've taught people that I'm, you know, I that I'm extremely proud to have taught, whether it, you know, it's a soccer mom or, you know, different units in the military. And the, the one underlying theme that's constantly there is that we're not still fighting with muskets. You know, we, we've got the, the sub 2000s, we've got, you know, Trijicon, we've got all these different things that science has brought us over time, but mm-hmm. still there's a lot of people that are out there and they're relying on what their sensei said because his sensei said this and his sensei said that. And you can go all the way back to like, you know, 1292 where they're running around in Europe, um, you know, with a rapier. And so. Or a machete. Or a machete <laughs> in, my, in my Nissan Datsun in, mm-hmm. in Boko Haram. But, 
you know, so what we try to do is, is over the years, you know, from, you know, my training in Russia and training with the people that actually really originated where science comes from in terms of martial art and the physical sciences, we've tried to kind of bring that um, to the more modern combative side of things. I really don't teach martial art. Um, you know, I teach combatives. Combatives is kind of the, it's the base level of martial art. You know, martial art kind of comes from combatives. If you look at the way that martial art develops, it develops out of cultures that need to continually train people and test them and teach them through competition. But what they're teaching them is something that they found worked in combat to protect that culture or that village or whatever it is. And so combatives is kind of that baseline um, self-defense, you know, immediate survival that martial art comes from. And so you see in different martial arts that they still keep things that, you know, they've found worked in the combative side of things, but because of sport or whatever, they start to change it a little bit. And pretty soon you can, let's take UFC, for example, or MMA. You can't strike to the eyes. You can't strike to the throat. Um, you know, you can't strike to the groin. There's certain things that you can't pull their ear off. Um, you can't do single joint manipulations. There's certain things that in the sport you can't do, but in combatives that you can. And so what I focus on is bringing the science to combatives to make it more learnable and then also bringing science to martial art, which I'm very proud to do, um, you know, because that's the side that needs it most where they can start to break down that barrier of, well, my sensei said, and when you can go back to a science book and you can say, well, you know what, that actually doesn't work because of A, B, and C, or it should work because of X, Y, Z, this is the way science says it, you kind of get a baseline to judge yeah. what you're being taught off of. But at the same time, if it does work, it works because of this, the science behind it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of science behind how the optic nerve works, that if I put my thumb in your eye, um, you know, that, that works every single time. There's not a whole lot of science between, you know, the crane kick or the rising dragon claw or some type of silliness <laughs> that, you know, there's a lot of science behind equilibrium. There's a lot of science behind the way that we categorize threats. There's a lot of science behind the Balance. way people look at confined spaces. There, there's a lot of science there from a lot of different, you know, industries and a lot of different parts of study that we're able to bring in. Yeah, balance, you know, balance is a funny thing because we released this product, I guess, about two years ago. It was the first interactive manual. And basically what we did was we created a PDF and people think, oh, PDF, great. But in it, we embedded videos. And so you had all this scientific explanation of center mass and a load-bearing area and all this different science stuff. And then all of a sudden there's this video that you are reading this PDF on your iPhone and there's a video that you can click play and see how all that science is demonstrated mm -hmm. in actuality. Probably three or 4,000 copies of that manual. And everybody always says the same thing. I learned more in that manual than I learned in 20 years of judo. 
And it's because they were never taught the science in judo. They were taught the techniques. So we kind of give the science behind the techniques right. and then give techniques based on the science. And then you can kind of apply that the way that you want. Right. You, this is what you're going to do. This is why you do it. And this is how that works. This the, is this is what this is what behind what you're doing. You know, uh, the physics, the mechanics, the motion, the momentum. Yep, you tie it all in. Yeah, and the way with the way that we break it down is we have goal, strategy, tactics, methods. So follow me here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no point in getting into a fight if you don't have a goal. It, so no matter what the fight is, um, so you know this coming weekend I'm in Portola teaching a sheriff's department, and the whole basis of what we're doing is, is we're talking about the goal that we're trying to achieve as an officer and the goal that we're trying to achieve, you know, in a corrections facility where we've got to restrain somebody. So there's no, if, if you go into a fight without a goal, you're the drunk guy at the bar. That's just wildly swinging Hmm. because you're just completely reactive. You're not acting. You're not acting based on, okay, my goal is to accomplish this. My goal is to get away Mm -hmm. because he has some friends that are lurking around. My goal is to get away because I'm in an unfamiliar part of town. This applies to gunfighting. Um, so my strategy is to take him to the, you know, take him to the ground and remain standing. And that way I can get away. So my tactic is going to be to engage this particular way, corner him in this particular way, do it this particular way, so that I can accomplish that strategy and my techniques are going to build up to that. And what that does is, is that it limits the number of things that you do. So you are choosing a limited number of things. And what people don't realize is, is that their opponent is not doing that. So they have a million things going on in their mind. They have no idea what they're going to do. They're going to swing wildly. They're going to try to tackle. They're going to do all these things versus what I always tell students is, is that when you're working with, someone that's your training partner and you start to get lost, just touch their ear. Because if you can touch their ear, you can touch their eye. If you can touch their eye, you can poke their eye out. If you can poke their eye out, you can manipulate their head. So, you know, it's having a goal in mind is what we really try to teach. And it's the same way with, you know, everybody knows I do a lot of training and teaching with Aaron Cowan. And when we do some munitions classes, the first thing that we find is, is that people, you know, intuitively move to cover. And so instead of teaching people to stand in the open, you know, chest forward in a range mentality and start shooting and go for their reload, then if you know they're going to intuitively under some munitions go for cover, then their goal should be to fire to cover. Their goal shouldn't be to sit there and start shooting because once bullets start coming back, they're going to ghetto it out and start running away with the gun pointed behind them. So the best thing to do is is teach them. The goal is to get to cover, engage the threat, figure out what the threat is, and that's kind of how you move. And so it's the same way with martial art. You have a goal. You have a strategy. You know, and then you have your tactics you're going to do in your methods. And once you break it down to that, it becomes very easy to teach people how to get out of a variety of situations because they have a limited number of options against an opponent that has so many options they can't keep track of them. So they just go crazy. Yeah. 
So if somebody wanted to take your class, I'm sure you have different levels of of classes. So for the beginner, intermediate, advanced, um, is that right? I mean, or do you just kind of, you come in and... We just start beating you? You got to have a certain level of, of um, experience. So the if somebody wanted to take a class, they'd either have to come to Atlanta Right. Or they would have to host a seminar somewhere. So we have seminars coming up in Portola, Houston, um, up in New Hampshire, Cleveland, a couple other places. But or you know they could host one, and it's actually pretty cost effective. And then they basically tell us what their goal is. Okay, mm-hmm. look, my school is, you know, a bunch of grapplers, and I want them to learn how to, you know, fight this way or fight that way. Or my group is a bunch of officers. And one of the things about us is, is that we're very DT, DTAC, defensive tactics friendly. Um, A lot of departments take on some of our programs. We've actually integrated a program that was the first program. It was kind down in Florida Post. So we're very DT friendly. And you say, look, we're officers and we're dealing with a lot of knife crimes. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of tell us what you want. And then we kind of adapt to what you want and then come in and teach it. So there's no beginner, there's no intermediate, there's no advanced. There's more what is your group, do you want to get better in the ring? Do you want to get better on the street? Do you want to get better in your bedroom? Well, I can teach that because you know what's up. I'll teach that all day long. But, you know, do you want to get better, at, you know, in home defense? Do you want to get better in vehicle defense? Those videos are on a different website, right? Those are on – I'm not going to mention the name. But that, that's kind of how we break it down. Um, when you're a traveling teacher like I am, I have a group of Atlanta students that I consistently work with. We have instructors throughout the world that teach. And then we kind of have to break it down to what the school wants to focus on. And then we focus on that instead. Right. So now, most people aren't going to get down to Atlanta to spend a week. So instead, we kind of look at what can we bring to you and we try to bring to them, you know, what their actual needs are versus just showing up. Um, you know, usually they know their needs better than we know what to teach. If they tell us what their needs are, then we know exactly what to teach. Right. So you don't have just like ongoing classes. Oh here. yeah. In in Atlanta, yeah. Every Wednesday. In, in Atlanta, okay. Yeah. Talk, talk about Wednesday that. We've got a lot of listeners in in the Atlanta area. So in Atlanta area, we're over in um Smyrna and we have two locations. We either have um our gym that if we have large, larger classes there every Wednesday, or we have our classes that um I do at my house for some of the more advanced students. Mm-hmm. And each week we have a topic that I generally choose based off of the trends that I'm seeing on LiveLeak. Okay. Um, LiveLeak is I've been LiveLeak is probably our best source of knowledge for the type of crimes that are going on nationally and internationally. So if you look at nationally and you look at okay, I'm traveling to the city, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, you know the democratization of video or whatever that everybody can take video. So everybody does. And so you start to find out, okay, I'm going to this city and a lot of the stuff that's happening is sucker punches. I'm going to this city and it's knife work. I'm going to this city in Brazil and it's machetes. And then, (laughs) and that's what it is in, in, in Brazil is a lot of machetes. 
And so we, I generally go through. Or if you go to Austin, Texas, it's dildos. Yeah, well, that's that's what I hear. <laughs> what have you got? What have you got to combat against dildos? The only thing I can think of to combat against dildos is a gigantic. Um, I don't know Virginia? if I can say this. Virginia? <laughs> That's what I was about to say is if you want to combat against the dildo, go get like the Jesse Jane um, plastic. What would really counteract the dildo is the fist. The fist. So you get one of the upper fist and then when they attack you with the dildo, it's like paper, rock, scissors. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. It's like sexual, or sexual you just, defensive tactics, paper, rock, scissors. You just hit them with it. You just hit them with the, with the fist. <laughs> A big rubber fist. <laughs> they come at you with a dildo, and you just no. So you want a completely fist. different way with that fist? Because I was thinking like punch, you know, fist, and then then you you throw out, you know, the plastic. <laughs> no, it's like you got the the paper would be the Jesse Jane like lower extremity plastic thing that you get at the local questionable shop. Uh-huh. The the rock would be the fist, and the scissors would be the dildo. The dildo. So okay. I have to figure that. Fist would beat, um, you know, scissors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't rock know. Would, rock would beat scissors. Okay. And paper would beat rock, and <laughs> scissors would beat the, the I'm really, I'm, I'm struggling here this. to how to defend yeah. with goals That's, and strategies against. See, that, that could be a, that could be a whole new class that you could take to Austin, and you know, you would do really well there with with this coming up. You know, there's a big. I don't know if you've heard about it, but there's a big protest scheduled. Uh, because they uh, passed campus carry and there's these jack wagons that are organizing a protest. And the way they're going to protest that is they're going to carry big giant dildos on their backpacks uh, on campus. What they ought to carry is a sign that says, kill me. Yeah. Cause nobody around me is going to have a firearm that's legally here that the person's trained with to protect me. So, well, their, their argument, Matt, their argument is that a dildo is just as ineffective at stopping a, a mass murderer than a gun is. That, that's a direct quote from this person who's organizing this. Yeah. You know, I wish, I wish I could have them <laughs> and just say, well, it they need you need to do a PDF. mass shootings. Why didn't the cops just go in there with dildos? Yeah, dildo. I mean, it would the vibrating least, dolphin. It would it would at least you know distract them long enough because they would be going, "What the hell? <laughs> what the hell?" That maybe somebody could come up behind them, you know, with one of their giant dildos. And for you officers them. out there, that is your new alert training. Is <laughs> you are to all meet at the southeast corner. And gather your dildos from <laughs> the the mobile section oh, yes. in Austin, Texas. And you know that's unfortunate because I go to Austin. Um, I'm I teach for On It, um, and On It Academy, and mm-hmm. I love Austin. Beautiful city, great food. Um, oh, yeah. Academy gym is incredible. I just had a new article go up over on it, academy.com, O-N-N-I-T, academy.com. And it's about, you know, replacing your, your personal trainer with five questions. And, you know, if you can't get to a personal trainer or maybe you don't know if your personal trainer knows what they're talking about, then you ask these five questions to figure out if your personal trainer at the gym or if your own 
fitness regime that your regimen that you've created is going to work, you ask these five questions. It's part of a four part series that I've written over there. Kind of like on the walking dead before they let somebody join their group, they ask them this series of questions. What is it? What was it? Or no, maybe it's completely unrelated to that. (laughs) Well, yeah, it it is a little bit, even though sometimes the, the gym is a bit of the walking dead. There's like the really gigantic muscular resident evil guy. That's just kind of a drone walking place to place. There's the one guy that you know is going to die. And he's the one that's not wiping down the bench after Uh he gets done. He's not wiping his sweat off. There's the poser. Yeah. There's the poser. poser. There's in the mirror. Yep. You know, it doesn't work out. You know, they're just posing the whole time. They're (laughs) talking to people. (laughs) Oh, they're there to socialize. Yeah. So, you know, Austin's a beautiful city. And to hear that Austin, Austin is like this blue, bizarre island where college people have way too much say in the middle of the red estate because who has that logic? No one that is, you know, what they need to do is they need to have a sign that says I will be working at, you know, Bernie Sanders $15 (laughs) minimum wage job in three years because I didn't concentrate or I'll be working at this nonprofit because I didn't concentrate on my college education. Because yeah. if you have time to complain about that, you're not yeah. going to be able to compete in the business world with your with your. I dildo swore owners. I wasn't going to bring up the dildo thing again, but you know, there it was. <laughs> well, hey, fist beats dildo. <laughs> that's. I think that's what I'm going to call the uh, the show this week. It's gonna, I'm going to call it fist, fist beats, beats dildo. dildo. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Figuratively oh. and literally, yeah. there I am again, pushing the martial art community forward. I've. You know. We should have been to uncharted territory. Yeah. It, it, well, what were we talking about? Out there teaching well, I, I got you completely off track, dude. Um. <laughs> you were talking about in Atlanta. You were talking about in Atlanta if somebody wanted to come and train. And I was okay. saying that Wednesdays we run a class based off of generally either the problems that were had in the previous class. Right. So we, re, you know, we go through those again. And then we take what we're seeing that's happening on Live Leak. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we break those down because that's our most actionable intelligence in terms of what is happening on the street in terms of fights. Yeah. Now, speaking of, of Live Leak, that's going to bring us to this week's Fact to Fight the Myth. And Zeke, introduce that for us. SDI is proud to present the Talking Lead Fact, Fact to Fight the Myth. All right, so Matt has a very good fact to fight the myth for us this week, and it comes from, uh, was it LiveLeak? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Um, I need to get more familiar with LiveLeak. I'm not familiar with that. I'll have to. And WorldStar. And WorldStar. Okay. So go with your fact to fight the myth, and we'll talk about what those are. The fact to fight the myth is that you will use your pocket knife in a defensive situation. They've got $400 combat knives. They've got all kinds of different knives. And I have reviewed hundreds of fights online and I cannot find any consistent defensive knife usage at all. 
And so this is not somebody's like uncle that was in Vietnam and he pulled a knife and killed Charlie. This is not the guy that, you know, is teaching you all this crazy knife stuff. It is actual evidence based on what we can find going back years on the internet. Because not only LifeLeak, I go through YouTube, I go through a lot, I go through all the martial arts sites, and I look at all the fights, and there is no evidence of consistent defensive knife usage. The reason why is because you instinctively, neurologically are programmed to protect the face and eyes and your groin and your throat. You're neurologically programmed to do it. And so whenever the shots are coming in and the, you know, the hits are coming in and the strikes and everything else, you are going to block those and then you're going to fight against those and try to defend yourself instead of taking your hand away from protecting yourself and trying to deploy a knife. It's neurologically not consistently possible. And it's interesting enough that on um, my podcast, is that we had Matt Larson. And Matt Larson is the father of modern army combatives. Mm-hmm. And they created an entirely new knife um, for the U.S. Army. And it was in a Kydex sheath. It was a, um, it was a fixed blade. It was in a Kydex sheath. And it was actually mounted you know, high up on the body. And that's where they actually carried it because their hands were already up at the face so they could go to the knife, but they wanted it in a Kydex sheath, kind of like a pistol, so that it couldn't be easily pulled by somebody else. Because they recognized that folders break, folders require fine motor skills to deploy, and you do not take your hands away from your face when... The fight's breaking out. Now, if you trap somebody, Aaron Cowan and I have done a lot of studies with some munitions that if you can trap them, you may be able to deploy it. But the the fact to fight the myth is everybody's carrying $400 combat knives, and there is no consistent evidence of defensive knife usage in what is publicly available through video. And that is what we have that is fact. Like I said, it's not somebody's well, uncle, it's not your sensei. Those are, those are for cleaning their nails. Those aren't. <laughs> exactly, man. I, at the end of the day, extracting um, misfeeds. Uh, it's for that. guys to <laughs> sell knives to people that don't want to take combatives classes. Yeah, but, but they but, want to have every weapon possible on themselves at the time in right. order to defend themselves. But once the once the fight closes, to basically. In right in close, which is elbow to shoulder, you're not going to be able to pull the knife. And neurologically, your body is going to protect itself, which means eyes. It's, it's basically going to go vision, airway, and you know your reproductive organs. You're nuts. You're nuts. <laughs> so the boys. I I hate to I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Um, I carry a Spyderco harpy because I cut things open with it like boxes and envelopes. Um, I've probably been in more combative situations than most people would ever want to be in. Um, If I am going to carry a blade for combative use, it's a Smith & Wesson fixed blade stiletto Um, because I don't have to be, I can draw it 
straight out and it's ready to go. They don't break. Um, they're specifically designed because they have dual sharp edges and they have, you know, a skull crusher on the end. They're specifically designed for hand-to-hand -hand combat. Most of the folder knives are just going to be used for cleaning nails, taking care of misfeeds, and opening boxes that come from Amazon with gear in them. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. that's what I use mine for. It's like, oh, look, my the new paracord. gear is showing up. Let me... My paracord's here so I can wrap my handle. <laughs> I bet you people have used paracords more for their usage than they have. There we go. You see, my, like, you see that? <laughs> yeah. Like, but but you have a you have you have a, you have a small stiletto fixed blade knife. That is the ultimate it, combat knife. This is my dive knife. This is what yep. I when I go diving. This is the one I take right here. It's a uh, cold steel. Uh, or I'm sorry, it's Kershaw. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's it's a freaking workhorse, so dude. Well, then you have to look at. Um, so let's say that you're subduing somebody. So and unless you can get a femoral artery shot, or you can, you know, you're beheading them like ISIS. Uh, yeah. um, it is much more effective if you look at the amount of blood loss that leads to incapacitation. And this is something that Aaron and I talk a lot about from the firearm side and from the combative side, that unless you have incapacitation, which is the T-zone, you're not going to stop the fight. So when you What's think the T-zone is going to do it, that, um, what is it? Right behind the Mandula Oblongata, you've got it right between basically your eyes and uh -huh. your nose. Okay, and so that is the, that's the shutoff the switch in the body. It's the only thing that actually affects the brain, hits the brain stem, shuts the body off. So a knife is not going to do that. So a knife is only going to lead to cuts. And even if you do hit an artery, that artery is going to take, what, five minutes to bleed out? They can still fight. Even if the heart is pumping at a maximum rate, they're still going to be bleeding all over the place. You're mm -hmm. better off opening boxes from Amazon with cool gear in it with your knife and learning how to handle yourself combatively and subdue an aggressor and control a situation than you are trying to learn how to use a knife for knife fighting because it's statistically, I have not seen it happen for defensive purposes. So even it's all the time. And you'll be amazed once you go on live leak and start looking yeah. at what happens when somebody pulls a knife because yeah. people yeah. turn into you know the monkeys they just start fleeing and flailing and trying to get away from that knife it's psychological so yeah. it's better to learn to defend against a knife and subdue somebody than try to actually deploy a knife and, and so this this actually goes into people who are trained with um knife combativeness as well they, they don't typically pull the knife is that, is that right did i understand well i mean it, it, it's going to depend so for me it depends on what you're trained for Mm -hmm. So when um, we released a video um, that was on knife fighting, um, we, we do these videos, which is a virtual class. So we basically film 45 minutes of a class in Atlanta and release it. In our knife fighting video, if I'm going to deploy the knife, I'm going to stab you in the face. I'm not going to mess around with a bunch of chop, chop, chop up your arms and do all this Kali shit. I'm going to start stabbing you in the face because it's automatically going to make you pull back. I have a chance of hitting your eyes. I have a chance of hitting the airway and you're going to pull, you're going to recoil from the knife coming into your face. 
versus trying to do anything low and try to cut through people, I'm basically going to take the straight edge, put it in my hand, and I'm going to box you with a knife in my hand. And mm-hmm. I'm going to get that response out of you. So if I do have to deploy the knife, I'm not going to worry with all this Kung Fu shit. I am literally going to basically stab you as many times as I can in the face. Because if I have to deploy a knife, that means I'm already in a life or death situation. So mm-hmm. I've got to get you off of me. The most effective way of doing it is not trying to like – most of the things that you see that deal with knife work when they're talking about the cuts go back to the bleed tables that were done in World War One and World War Two, And those bleed tables have been found to be incredibly inaccurate – Mm. Um, about how long it takes people to bleed out. But, you know, Fairburn Sykes and Applegate basically tried to figure out how long it took to bleed somebody out versus stabbing the guys face to get a response. Fairburn, Fairburn Sykes, no, they were, they were, now they learned a lot of their hand-to-hand um, in the East. They were very hard karate and judo. Well, when Aaron was on last, he kept bringing up, some dudes. I thought they were like from China or something like that. And I thought that was the names he was he was using. It probably is. They learned a lot of their martial arts in the East. Um, yeah. You know, at that time, the martial arts that were being taught, whether it's judo or karate, were very, very hard arts. That combative side, not what mm-hmm. you see sparring. You know, it's not Karate Kid. It's not going down and watching 12-year-olds kick each other for points. Mm-hmm. They were looking at very hard chokes for judo, very hard joint manipulations to break arms. They were looking right. at very hard strikes to, you know, strikes into the throat, into the face. They were looking at the things that actually create a moment. You have to remember, and here's one of the things left hand I always tell people, is that, you know, hand-to-hand combative is about time. And you want more time. And so you want more time so you have more options. If you're on the defensive, you're losing time. If you're trying to deploy some type of funny, like, gadget, if you're trying to wrap him up with some paracord, like you're the hitman, every (laughs) one of those things, it's a time stealer, and time equals life. The more time you have... The more distance you have, the more likely you are to survive the encounter, which is why when knives are deployed, people don't counter-deploy knives. They start trying to get the hell away from them. Yeah. And so you try to create time because time gives you distance. Distance gives you safety and options. And so they looked at, if they're in close quarters, what's the most effective way to disable someone? And, you know, the funny thing is, is that um, I think it was Fairburn, um, his combatives rule was 80% is mindset and 20% is mechanics because mm-hmm. if you if you're not willing to die fighting then the mechanics mean nothing if you're not willing to fight and fight and fight and protect the people around you and fight intelligently if you're not willing to do that if you're not willing to take the cuts if you're not willing to get shot then the 20% of all of your training means nothing. If you're rolling around with, you know, an agency arms, Glock 19 with a Trigicon RMR on it, you got a fucking laser and you've got all these different things going on and you got 18 mags, but you're not willing to die. You're not willing to get shot. You're not willing to engage. Then the 20% of every course that you've ever been through means absolutely nothing. 
because mentally you it's it's a I wrote an article for Breach Bank Clear. I've written a number of articles for Breach Bank Clear and Recoil. Mm-hmm. And they're all about the psychology of fighting. My favorite magazine, by the way. Yeah, they're all about the psychology of fighting. And it's all about how is what is signaling anxiety? What happens to you? What is panic? Why do people freeze? Why do you see that guy that just sits down and he can't move? And he's yeah. just sitting there. It's not because he's, you know, man, that guy, he's the P word or whatever it is. It's because he's been, he no longer sees an option out of the fight. And he's not willing to take the option that will get him hurt. Yeah. And so or he's just so, over, he just so overwhelmed okay. that he's he, he just freezes and his brain's going over a million different options. Basically what happens is one. that panic, panic, uh, panic induces at the point that you no longer feel capable of overcoming the threat effectively. That every option that you have mm-hmm. has been exhausted. And so you just stop and your brain starts looking for solutions and going, what do I do? What do I do? And it starts drawing back on your experience. This is why simunitions and sparring and we're a good, you know, Promic is a partner with Spartan Training Gear and we use Spartan Training Gear for live hand-to-hand combatives and we also use it for simunitions is the more experience that you have to draw on, the more options that your brain has during signal anxiety of things that it's been exposed to and it's found successful ways out of it. Mm -hmm. And so what you find is when you put people in a scenario-based combatives situation and they have limited experience, they fetal. They go down and they go in the fetal and they get kicked because they've exhausted their options. And Sims, they'll just sit still or they'll give up. We see people give up in Sims. Because they haven't been exposed to a lot of experience. So that's why having that experience and training is incredibly valuable. And one of the things that we try to focus on with combatives. It's absolutely necessary. Because just like you said, if you you don't train your body to overcome its natural tendencies, then you're going to cave every time you get confronted with a stressful situation, whether it be you know, confrontation in a fight, you know, gunfight, knife fight, fist fight, whatever that may be, or just any life's confrontations. You know, you get confront, conf- confronted at work with, you know, a stressful situation. Well, you know what's interesting? I'm, I'm writing a bunch of books, right? We've developed a program called Mental Combatives, and we teach it in Atlanta. It's being taught to the sheriff's department out in California. And basically the way that most people engage the present is through the past. So the way that your brain works is that you look at the situation that you're confronted with and then you compare it to every experience that you've had and you try to find a solution. The other part that you do is is that you base the situation that you're that you're dealing with based on your previous interactions. So if I've always had negative interactions with somebody that is white with a beard and wears a baseball hat then I will continue to have negative interactions with them because I always have. It, it, it's the way that the brain works that, you know, the animal that doesn't know to run when it hears a certain sound is the one that gets killed. Mm-hmm. And it dies off through evolution while the other ones teach that to their young and eventually it starts to evolve the way that their DNA structure is. So 
the way that you have to look at it is, is that you have to get beyond. I mean, I've had people come into classes that they're so psychologically affected. And this is what most people don't understand when they go out and, you know, they go to a firearms class is that you have no idea the spankings that you endured when you were a kid that they still affect you today. <laughs> but of course, criminals. Of course, they don't get spanked these days. Yeah, they well, they get they get spanked in real life. It's because the reaction, their the the failure to address all the things that have happened to you in the past that have been violent or that have injured you or caused you doubt. Those things create a layer that you have to go through before you can act. Mm -hmm. And what are we talking about now? We're talking about time loss. So when somebody comes up to you and they're like, "Give me your money." you're like, well, I don't want to give you money. I'm going to beat the hell out of you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. For women, that rapists will tell the woman exactly what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's because they know that it creates a time loss for them. And it, it, it creates a re- reaction gap that they can capitalize on. And so a lot of people completely forget about that part of it. And they want to immediately jump into deploying the gun, not realizing that in a close quarters situation, when the guy's up on them, the things that he says or the fight that is happening – going back to when the bully hit him in fifth grade is going to affect him. So you kind of have to get them. And we have a process that we use in seminars to do this. And it's, it's psychologically taxing. Most people can only go through about two hours of it and they're shut down. Um, but it, you know, it kind of gets them past that. And, you know, they start to engage the present as it is. And then they can go back and they can start to kind of categorize, okay, this was effective in the past, in the past, you know, off law enforcement officers are, you know, they're very good at that. They can look back at the things that have happened. They can look at the general information they have about the criminals around them and the behaviors that happen. And they can generally tell what is going to happen based off those behaviors. But a lot of times when you see a lot of these, you know, brutality cases, it's because you have officers that have either had repeated bad situations that have happened with the type of person that they're dealing with, or they have no experience at all. So they react poorly because Mm -hmm. they're either prejudging the situation and they're overreacting or they just have no experience and they They don't have no training. They have no training. They have no experiential training. It all, it all boils down to training, whether that's life's experience or you go and you get, you know, go to a professional like Matt and you get trained. It's one of the toughest things that, you know, people, people don't want to admit that, you know, psychology still plays a role, the psychology of everything that's happened to them. They don't want to admit that it plays a role, but the people that are very effective fighters, um, you know, the, the Canadian special forces, a lot of them, a lot of their units, they have certain books that they have to read. It's required reading for their units. And it's all about psychology and how they actually interact with situations. Um, and it's because it, it does play a major factor. And so when you, when you pile up that, and then you pile, you know, you pile the psychology, you pile, you know, the, the lack of experience, the lack of experience in hard training where you're geared up. And then people think that they're going to deploy a $400 knife into combat. It's just not going to happen. They're going to protect their face and swing wildly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they're going to do. And so that's why that's where the focus for most combatives instructors should be. And then once you get them past all of that, then you can start to work on knife deployment. 
because I can always bring it back to what we were originally talking about. <laughs> A big circle right there. Yeah, the, the, the snake <laughs> is eating itself. That's probably the longest fact to fight the myth ever. SDI's 32 semester credit hour certificate program in gunsmithing and 60 credit hour associate of science and firearms technology degree program can work hand in hand and are the most complete training programs of their kind. SDI strives to give you the best quantity and quality of professional gunsmithing information and tools. These programs are perfect for students interested in careers in the firearms industry or for those who are interested in owning their own gunsmithing business. Our programs are delivered by distance learning, which allows our students to maintain full-time jobs, families, military service, and more while working towards their degree or certificate. The Sonoran Desert Institute mission is adding value to our students' lives by providing innovative, relevant, and applicable workplace-driven education through distance-delivered instructions. Visit them at sdi.edu. <laughs> no, but that, I mean, that, that was very good information and it's true. Um, so, I mean, it all boils down to training. You got to train, got to train, 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 train. So if you're going to carry a knife for defensive purposes, you need to get trained on how to use that knife in all kinds of different scenarios. Same thing with your firearm. If you're going to go get your carry permit, then you need to get defensive handgun training with that firearm. Because otherwise you're just going to be toting around a useless piece of steel. It's not going to do you any good. You're going to be that guy in the mass shooter situation, which we we see people talk about all the time where he pulls the gun and he can't pull the trigger. It's because he doesn't have the experience in that situation from some munitions training on pulling the trigger. Yep. So now I think we need to go ahead and jump into our trivia segment. And I've got a couple of uh, giveaways to do this week. So let's go back to two weeks ago with the Casey Griggs uh, video. And we had the controversy on how many shots were fired during that. He was doing a shotgun stage during the Brownells three-gun competition. And we had anywhere from, I think, 31 to 33 shots. And the actual answer was 32. And that comes from Casey Griggs himself. He, he shot 32 shots. And I think he actually had 33 and he dropped one uh, somewhere during the stage there. And obviously he didn't get to shoot that. It wasn't how many shots he had. It's how many, how many shells he had. It's how many shots he fired. So he actually fired 32 shots. And the winner goes to Matt Matter. Matt, congratulations. You're going to win some kind of a swag from the IV888 shoot that uh, I brought back. And the next one was last week's, and that was um, the dipstick coatings trivia question. And, I mean, my God, he made it so freaking easy. All you had to do was go to his website and find out how much the kit cost, uh, just your basic hydrographic dip kit. That's hard to say. <laughs> um, and what it was included with that kit. And then obviously you had to go uh, like his Facebook page. And the answer was it retails for ninety nine ninety five. Oh, and you also had to give the uh, what the code was to get your 10% discount. But re- normal retails for ninety nine ninety five. And it included a whole bunch of stuff, 
and you can go to their website and see what all includes, but um, I'm not going to read everything off there. But go go to uh, Dipstick or Dip123, and you can see the, the kit and what all is included there, $99.95. And the discount code was LEADHEAD, and it was all caps. It wasn't LEADHEADS. It wasn't uh, Talking Lead. It was LEADHEAD. <laughs> And I don't know how many places I posted that. I even had a guy, and I gave him a hard time about him. I was just joking around with him. Um, but he answered on Facebook, and he put everything, the price, everything that was included, and the code he put, leadheads, plural, in lower, lowercase. And just right above that, before he posted, I made a post that said, use discount code leadhead. <laughs> Capital L-E-A-D. Reading is fundamental. And obviously he had to watch the show to know that we were doing a, or listen to the show to know that we were doing a giveaway. So we mentioned it on there too. But uh, anyway, just giving him a hard time. Uh, and I don't think it was the winner. Um, but the winner is Kenny Ortega. So, Kenny, congratulations. You are going to win that kit. That uh, retails for ninety nine ninety five, and any of you other leadheads that want to go uh, get one, you can get ten percent off now. Use the code leadhead, and um, I think he's only going to do that for a month or so. So if you've got a dip, a, a hydro dip project coming up, I mean you can dip anything. You can dip guns, you can dip knives, you can dip your mouse. Um, there's a dude who even dipped his his wife's bra. Um, oh, dude, there was a guy that posted pictures. Dipped a fist? He dipped a dildo. Seriously. <laughs> he sent, sent pictures in of dildos. I don't, I guess it was a dude that did them, but, uh, if it, you know, can tolerate getting wet, you can dip it. Um, oh, Bill Clinton. And I tell you, I mean, they, they are, yeah, he dip his cigar. <laughs> <laughs> But those are very durable coats. Um, if you follow the instructions, do what he says, you know, get the clear coat on there. Uh, they're going to last you for a very long time. I've got several things I've done. You've seen my uh, AR pistol that I did. You've seen the shotgun I did in giraffe. You saw the AR that I built, uh, Pepper, with the Mickey Mouse uh, <laughs> <laughs> hydro dip on it. Um, so go check them out, dip123.com. Use the code LEADHEAD and get your 10% off. Uh, do it now because he's not going to do that code for more than a month, I don't think. Uh, and then it'll go back to the regular price. All right. So that brings us to this week's trivia question. And Matt has that for us. It's going to be related to one of Matt's videos. So you're going to have to go watch this video that he tells you to watch. Uh, give us the correct answer on that, and you're also going to have to go to his uh, Facebook page and like his Facebook page, and he's going to tell us where you can go to do all that now. So the Facebook page is facebook.com slash system. Um, that's P-R-A-M-E-K and then system. So facebook.com slash P-R-A-M-E-K-S-Y-S-T-E-M. And... We have a video up over at YouTube. Um, I'm a one of the things that I don't know who got it from who, 
Um, you know, Aaron always talks about weaponizing whom. whom. Um, who, who, who? I don't know how that goes. I, I could have sworn that that I said it first, but he might have said it first at this point, knowing each other for close to a decade now. Um, you know, it kind of blends together. But it's about weaponizing movement. So the name of the video, um, if you go over to YouTube, is Tactical Movement Transition with the Rifle and Pistol. And that's... What? what? Tactical... Can you make that any longer? I guess I, I, guess I could. Are you are you doing that for SEO effect? I, I am. That probably explains. You know, usually our videos get thousands of hits, but this one has like seven hundred and twelve. It's because the, <laughs> the name's so long. That's what it is. It, it, it's a long name, but it's called tactical movement transition with the pistol and rifle, and it's part one of four. So don't watch two, three, or four, even though they're great videos. But go um, ahead and watch them. Watch you watch one, go ahead and watch the other ones. They they don't they don't count on shot count. And so what we're gonna do is is that if you count and you have the accurate count of the number of rounds that are fired by myself and anyone else in the video, um, give us the accurate round count and you'll learn a lot out of that video and probably go over to the other videos because it's a very I'm I'm very big on movement transitions with the firearm. Um okay. especially from standing to supine and prone. And so these are great instructionals. So if you like the page and you tell us how many rounds were fired, then you're gonna get a little bit of a gift. All right. What's the little bit of a gift gonna be? So tell us we'll, Don Pardo. <laughs> Come on down. And so what we'll do is, is we will take three videos of your choice. So if you go over to promec.com and you go to our shop. Now make sure you read through the blog and everything else. There's lots of great fight information and so forth. But if you go over to the shop, look through all the videos, pick three, and you can tell us what three you want. And we will go ahead and set up a login for you and get those videos preloaded for you so you can watch the videos. Very nice. And I also want to announce something. Yes. If I can. Um, sure. Absolutely. That, you know, knowing that discounts, especially in this economy, um, are pretty big, mm -hmm. that um, we're going to do a 15% discount at the shop yeah. and we will duplicate Leadhead. Ha-ha, there you go. <laughs> so um, if you use Leadhead in the shop, you'll get 15% off any purchases that you have. It does not apply to the Promex set. I have to say that because okay. people always want to apply these things and get all of our videos. Um, right. You can't apply it to the set. but any, it's already at a discount, I'm sure. Because Yeah, it's already at a pretty big – I mean, we have – God knows how many – I mean, like 200 videos on YouTube, and I think um, – more than th almost like 40 videos for sale on the website. Oh, wow. um, so you can use that 15% um, if you use um, all caps and leadhead. Now, cool. if you do a little bit of research on our site, we do have a newsletter. Um, we send it out usually once a week to once every other week. And it has exclusive videos, um, exclusive content, and you also get nine. It's, it's a, one of those interactive video manuals. So you actually get a manual when you sign up. You get it for free if you join the newsletter. 
but um, you can awesome. go into the shop and use Leadhead in all caps for your 15%. Awesome deal. All right, guys. So there it is. Uh, go watch this video. And what's your YouTube channel? Just uh, Promec Systems? No, <laughs> it is actually um, a long time ago I had set it up to kind of post really bad dog videos um like what? You know, like five or six but yeah i'm a big fan of my pit bulls and okay. um so i i actually set up my personal and then i said oh i'll put some promic videos next thing i know you know like eight years later i'm still using the same one but it's youtube.com <laughs> slash m powell 144 <laughs> so okay if, if you go to youtube.com slash impowell144 you can search through for that um technical movement transition with would have never found you (laughs) yeah and uh i mean you can go into youtube and just uh, type in promac and it'll give you tons of videos but if you want to go straight to it um you can go to that or you can just search for promac on youtube okay there you go so go watch the video tell us how many shots were fired uh, go to his Facebook page, like his Facebook page. Now you're gonna have to like the video also. Tell tell me how many um where we're you at right seven, now? We're at seven twelve. Write that down. Seven hundred and twelve. All right. So between all the lead heads that listen to this show and take part, uh if that's not up to nine hundred, if that doesn't get up to nine hundred, uh we're not gonna give it away until it gets up to nine hundred. So, in addition to answering it all correct, it's got to get up to 900. Does that sound fair? That sounds great to me. Okay. I, pre- I, I, I appreciate For everything you're doing, I mean, you're giving, away, you're giving away three videos of their choice. You're giving a 15% discount um, throughout the store, not to include the box sets. Um, I mean, that's pretty huge. I think the lead heads could, you know, I think we can get this done, right, lead heads? So, go. Let's support Matt at uh, his YouTube channel, which isn't Promic. <laughs> it's, it's Matt Powell, some odd number. No, uh, YouTube.com slash Impowell144. Impowell144. 144. One, I'm dyslexic. 144. <laughs> Give the, the right one. The is Promic, P-R-A-M-E-K.com. Yeah, and that's, that's where they're going to go. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be an awesome giveaway. So, the newsletter, how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for right out a year and a half to two years. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm very weary of spam. I, you know, and everything that, I mean, these days when you look at like internet marketing, people are just like selling their lists. Um, we don't do anything like that. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the newsletter is really a chance for me to... You know, I, we had a podcast for a while. Um, we got yeah, I was going to ask you about your yeah. podcast. Did you, are you still doing that? Well, we had 40 episodes. And um, I, I told myself when we got to 40 episodes, I would take a break and determine how I wanted to go forward. And when you're teaching and you're traveling and you got a day job and you're making videos – you know the the podcast can get overwhelming, so we've we've shifted it. Um, if you go over to when you go to the you'll see the the podcast. 
And you'll see all the interviews that are on there. There's a ton of interviews with incredible people like Kelly McCann. Kelly McCann was actually the first person to put an RMR on a pistol. Really? Yep. Um, so you can actually hear that story. That's cool. Um, if you listen to, um, he is kind of the god of modern combatives. Mm-hmm. And he was the first person to actually put an RMR on a pistol and effectively use it. Yeah. Um, there's some RMR being a red dot. Yeah, a little red dot. Um, you know, there's um, Jeff Kyle, Chris Kyle's brother. Um, oh, we really? were the first, yeah, we were Jeff Kyle's first podcast interview, and we talked to Jeff at now, Is he the brother that's in the movie? Yeah. Okay. So um, talked to Jeff for a while, a lot of, lot of different people. Jeff Bramstead, um, who runs Life of Valor, former Navy SEAL, good friend of mine. There's a lot of good folks that we've done interviews with in the past. And now I've, I've kind of toned it down to whenever, you know, the newsletter is my ability to communicate and directly with the people. And then the How many podcast. times have you been on my podcast? Yeah, you are coming on. <laughs> How many Next times time around? Um, now this, none of this is defunct. I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna have you on in the next week or two as I relaunch the podcast. But it, it it's gonna be it's not gonna be weekly. It's gonna be okay. you know, maybe once a month with good. So you're gonna relaunch people. it. You're gonna get it going again. Bring yeah, but it's it's it. gonna be probably once a month. Um, that's all I can really handle is a good interview once a month and maybe put out you know, short ones and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's, I don't know how you do it, man. It It's a, it's a lot of doing it weekly. I um, can't, that's why I'm so behind dude. Well, you know, with the, like you said, day job, uh, doing the videos, traveling to the different events, uh, and then, you know, doing this show, I do it once a week. I do this show yeah. once a week. But I, I don't think people realize how much goes into the editing. No. And, you for know, every hour, quality is good. For every hour that, you know, we talk here, it takes me at least an hour and a half of editing, if not more. Yeah. People don't realize what actually goes into this um, when it comes to, you know, it's funny because, you know, but I you, enjoy you it. and Zeke like turned me on to how to actually do a podcast. And I ended up in some dump of a music <laughs> shop with Zeke where I bought all the stuff that I did the podcast with. Yeah. Um, and it's a big investment. So I don't think people realize when they listen to something like talking lead, how much you are putting into this of your time and investment and, you know, your, your personal capital out there trying to get guests. It's not an easy thing. So, you know, it's somebody else that is somebody that does a, a much, 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 much smaller podcast. Um, you know, I, I appreciate everything that you do and, you know, you guys Thank really you. have to support this. You let heads because this is not an easy yoke to carry. Yeah, it it's tough, but you know, they're never going to hear me complain because I love doing it. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. And that's, that's what I'll not do it anymore is when I, uh, you know, I lose the affinity for it and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Which hopefully is not soon, but you know, yeah. I, I use the newsletter as a you know personal being able to just communicate with folks once a week on what's going on, you know, particular videos or you know special offers or you know my thoughts on different things that are going on in the combatives or firearms or fitness world. So, is what have you got coming up? What's uh, what's what's your schedule for the next couple of months? How can people get in touch and reach out to Promic? 
So you can always hit me up at matt at promac.com. Um, you can always email me there. If you go to the shop and you buy something and you have any type of issue because they are digital downloads, you can email info at promic.com with your problem. It gets resolved usually within 72 hours. But you can always hit me up with any questions that you have um, about Promec at matt at promic.com. You can comment on the YouTube pages um, or the YouTube videos. Coming up, I have one more seminar left for the year um, that is going to be in Northern California, and then I'll be teaching in Houston, but that's going to be uh, um, a kind of, it's a private thing that I have going on next year. I'm booking up right now for the seminars. I think we have four or five done. Um, we got a lot of videos coming up, a lot of new videos are going to be more f- science focused. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm coming off of a three month mini retirement <laughs> where I just kind of took a little bit of time off. Um, I'm working on a lot of non-martial art books. Um, one of which we have a good feeling that, um, you know, next year will actually come out in print in a lot of stores. Um, is it a children's book? And no, it is not a children's <laughs> book. Um, it is all of the crazy stories that I have, um, from Russia to touring with world famous, um, rappers to, you know, Cool. Everything that's ever happened, and it ties it into a central theme, which we talked about earlier, um, getting past the past. So have you ever I've been, seen the I've been movie? On that, have you ever seen the movie or not movie, but the TV series Californication? No, I haven't. Um, oh, okay. I, I actually haven't watched it. Um, I've heard it's good. But, it is. It, when you said you know your your life with you know being on the road with uh, rap stars and movie stars and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> It, it, remind me. I said maybe that maybe that's a autobiography about you that TV series. <laughs> no, that um, you know I've I've done a lot of crazy things in my life. I've always taken a lot of risks, learned a lot of lessons. The martial art world is um, the great teachers that I've had. They've taught me a lot. So I've been working on that book that um, hopefully will release in print in a lot of different stores um, next year. Is cool. what we're gunning for, but we'll it, definitely get you on to push and promote that on the release. Yeah, I think people really enjoy it. Um, the 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 first chapter that went over to the editors, um, it came back and they were really surprised by the story that I told. I'm I'm not going to tell the story, but um, I was near I I was nearly held for ransom. Um. <laughs> Nearly, but then your martial arts skills kicked in. Yes, they did. Um, There you go. They they broke out. Um, There's stories about what it's like to be in a Russian prison cell. There Hmm. is (laughs) stories about, you know, working alongside controversial multimillionaires and how they lose it all. There's a lot of good stories. So I think people really enjoy it once it's released, but... You know, my, yeah. the love of my life is, you know, is Promac. And so that, that's what I generally focus on. And I kind of separate the, the personal writings away from that. But, you know, a lot of seminars coming up next year. We have the last seminar of the year coming up. And then we have a couple of, I have a couple of private seminars. I'm doing seminars next year. You can always go to promac.com, look at the events list to see what's coming on. Talking Let It's listed on there. And cool. you can always go over to the YouTube or join the newsletter. I think you'll be very surprised if you join the newsletter about one particular email that you get that um, 
little That's surprise. all I'm going to. It's very, cool. it's very surprising if you fall in love with what we do at Promec. You'll be very thankful that you signed up um, if you're looking at our product. So guys, if you're in the Atlanta area, the Smyrna area in particular, uh, plan ahead and try to schedule some time to be with Matt and uh, get some awesome training from him. Or uh, if you've got the resources and you can get a group together, get some private training, have him come up to your neck of the woods, wherever that may be, because I'm sure Have Gun will travel uh, as long as you know you guys can cover his cost. <laughs> have Fist will travel. I think, you'll, I, I think people actually would be surprised to do the number of sky miles and things that I rack up, how inexpensive it is to host me. Yeah, well, there you go. So give him a call if you're even remotely considering – uh, some sort of a personal defense kind of training. Uh, get get the group from work. Get the group from your softball uh, league or you know whatever it may be. Uh, and we've got a lot of law enforcement uh, guys that listen to us. Also, uh, get with your department, and uh, I guarantee you, uh, he's got something that would increase or make your your lives a lot easier on the job for whatever department that you're at. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, you know, if, if you're looking at bringing me to your department, I can give you recommendations from letters of recommendations from chiefs of different police departments, so forth. We're, we're not a martial art organization showing up, teaching you how to like use a bow staff, like Napoleon dynamite. <laughs> um, what we do is um, very law and sport law enforcement specific. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to bring that type of training into your environment, um, into your department, um, we can provide letters of recommendation as well. Very cool. All right, so go to go to promic.com. Uh, you can also go to his Facebook page at Promic Systems, and you can uh, you can also follow him. me on Twitter at I am Matt Powell and on Instagram at I am Matt Powell. There you go. There he is. All right, great show with Matt. Leadheads, uh, I hate to wrap this up, but uh, I, I know that uh, you hate it when I have like two hour long shows. But uh, I think you're, you really enjoyed this one. We're going to have Matt back on again sometime. I'll tell some stories. Tell, yeah, we'll get when the book's released so he can tell some of those stories. Uh, that's going to be awesome. But uh, as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your fist and your firearms closer. Well, I know why. I know what the key was to your uh, Aaron videos selling well overseas. They thought he was Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> you know, did, did he ever tell the story of how that came that came about? I want to hear your side of it. Let's hear your side of it. All right. So we were in New Mexico. Is he going to get mad if you tell this? No, 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 no. Um, I don't think his version will change very much. We we're in New Mexico at the LNK, which is in um, a nondescript town in New Mexico. Yeah. And we were there with a bunch of other people doing what we do. And, um, the old lady that runs the place. And, you know, the funny thing about the old lady that runs the place, her and her daughter run it. And when you go in and eat at the LNK, you have to be careful about what you hear when you walk in, because if they're arguing, you know that they're going to throw more chilies into everything that they're making. And I have spent many a day, in New Mexico on the toilet 
because they were arguing about something in Spanish and they just kept throwing it in. But I'm obsessed with the breakfast burritos. And so we're all sitting there and the old lady comes over and she's like taking everybody's order. And she goes, you look just like Matt Damon. And Aaron's like, and we're surrounded by some heavy hitters that, you know, they're not in the firearms community, but they are in the firearms community, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, she, everybody just starts laughing. And they're like, Matt Damon, <laughs> Matt Damon. And then it just caught on just, I mean, just crazy from her saying, you look like Matt Damon. And she said it as a compliment, like, oh, you're a really handsome young man. She wanted to do him. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. She oh, wanted God. to throw her hot pepper on. <laughs> I'm not going to th- throw a boila into uh, the, the dirty talk. And that's what we call her. But, uh, I mean, she – then everybody started, and it just hasn't ended. It, it's been – And he can't shake it. He can't shake it. And I don't think he should. I, you know, I think it's – I think he should embrace it. It's one of those things that, you know, if I used to get Tom Glavin from the Braves, people would be like, oh, you look like Tom Glavin. I'm like, I would kill for Matt Damon. Have you seen Tom Glavin? I'd kill for him. He's not a bad looking guy. He's not a bad looking guy. But I don't think you look like Tom Glavin. He's no Matt Damon. I mean, I like Bruce Willis or, you know, maybe, you know, I I don't know. You've got your own look, dude. I mean, I. Uh, you know, in looking at you right now, you know, looking into your your beautiful <laughs> brown eyes, are they brown? I can't even tell. Uh, they're they're brown. Your bald, bald head and your your beard. Uh, I mean, you've. I, I don't see anybody. I don't. I'm not seeing a celebrity. You're seeing Matt Powell. I see Matt Powell. You're seeing yeah. Arthur Ramblewood, which was my porn <laughs> name when I was a kid. <laughs> Arthur Ramblewood. Did you ever have the? Oh, what would your you know movie star name be? And it was always, um, what was the name of your first pet and the street that you lived on? And my first pet was Arthur. And the street that I lived on was Ramblewood. And I was like, it's either that or Cindy Angus. Who names their dog Arthur? <laughs> King Arthur, man. He was a regal dog. I don't remember him. I was like one. But um, I was like. Uh, I can't say much because I named my first dog Adam. <laughs> and what was the street that you lived on? Um, the first street that I lived on, A Street. Um, when I had that dog, it was Sugar Hill Drive. Adam Sugar Hill. Adam Sugar Hill. <laughs> and weapons of vast destruction. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to yeah. a nondescript website. But we yeah, mine was Arthur Ramblewood. But yeah, so Matt Damon, uh, hey Aaron embrace it we laugh about it all the time anyway we were yeah. just out you know was, we were we were out one day or out one night we get that um there's about three restaurants that we go to oh yeah and yeah. um we were talking about model rockets and i actually went out and like bought some and shot them off and screwed them all up and everything like that you can we still buy trying, them? yeah you can still buy them you can go to a hobby shop and we were talking about how i would mount it up to like my vehicle so I would mount a bunch of them up and shoot them at his F-150, the, the F-150 that he has, that he'd be able to drop the tailgate and shoot a bunch of model rockets <laughs> back at me. <laughs> like, this is what we talk about. We don't really talk about guns. We just talk about model, model rockets. rockets and shooting model. Is that like 
How powerful SD. are those compared to like the bottle rockets you can get for Fourth of July? Oh man, a model rocket! If if you they're put a lot those more up, powerful, aren't they? Oh yeah, you get like class A, class B, class C. The different rockets, um, bigger in size. You can get the multi stage rockets. Um, you know, I mean, you can shoot them up. It, it, it's all about the weight behind it. So if you're talking about how powerful they are, and you want to shoot somebody with one, I'm just talking about as much freaking gunpowders as packed. Oh into man, them. I mean, it's it it's it's like the size of an M80. That is, and you don't have to get a special license for these rockets, do you, or do you? No, no, not. Nah. You can go to a hobby shop and buy the model rocket and then buy the engines. They, they, you know, they call them engines. Put them together, yeah. take them out to a field, and shoot them off. They go, you know, two thousand feet in the air. Some of them, yeah. And then they kind of parachute back down. Mine, my girlfriend and I, um, I thought it was going to be cool, so I was like, oh, we'll assemble them out in the field, and I'll show her, you know, how I can assemble this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, look at me. I'm so cool. We get out there and I start putting it together and I'm like, well, I needed super glue and like a bunch of other stuff that we didn't have. So she actually ended up like going through my IFAC and um, getting a bunch of like medical tape and then taping the fins together and taping the whole thing together. So we're out there like shooting these ghetto like model rockets like. You know, the first one went probably five, six hundred feet. The next one was like Saddam Hussein's like Scud. Scuds. It just went up like, you know, like it started coming feet. back at you, chasing you, and you're hitting the dirt. <laughs> We're in like a, a state park. There's people behind us like taking their marriage photos. We're back there like shooting off these rockets that are just kind of going up and then they're coming back down. Landing their wedding cake and exploding. <laughs> that would be I so might good. do that at my wedding one day. Is just shoot a model rocket into the oh cake. dude that would be so awesome put some charges in your wedding cake <laughs> and when she goes to cut it <laughs> boom 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 and then rockets start firing everywhere Aaron pulls in in the rhino lined F-150 kind of spins out the tailgate drops rockets launch at the crowd oh my gosh that would be viral that would go viral dude yeah, and then, you know, the thing is, it would go viral, and i get, like, 2 million hits, and then the next video I release would get, like, 1,000, because that tends to be what happens <laughs> with these viral videos. That's all right, though. At least you got one, you know? Hey, you can get a lot of money off YouTube. 